Welcome to another episode of Terrell Paranormal Talk, where we discuss all things supernatural, weird, and unexplained. Join us for discussions on UFOs, ghost stories, paranormal investigations, strange monster sightings, psychic skills, and places of high strangeness. I'll leave you to one of our esteemed investigators hosting today, and perhaps you will leave a little wiser and a little closer to having your curiosity satisfied. We hope you enjoy today's show. Hey everybody, this is Brenda from Terrell Paranormal Talk, and we are so thrilled to have you with us today, and we hope we can satisfy your listening needs, your paranormal needs. I am with my co-host Mary Jo Woodruff. And also, our guest today is Martha Hazard Deckard. We are going to be talking about her latest book. Martha, why don't you give us a little bit about your background? I started out in law enforcement in East Texas, and after 15 years or so, I retired from that, went to work for the state as a special investigator you know, on child death and other serious cases of children. And I retired from that, and I got back into my writing and my photography. That's where the books came about, because I did all the profiling. And then the one that I have out now, I actually, within 24 hours, I went to number one best-selling on Amazon in several categories. So I have 30 years investigating. So how did you come upon Hill House? What led you there? Well, I heard of Hill House because when Phil... Kirchhoff owned it. I had received several emails from him, but I was busy and I didn't have a chance to to do anything, check it out. The you know, other teams were going to investigate because I have my paranormal team one that I, I created in 07 is stuff out here in East Texas. Depending on what it is and where it is, I'll holler at somebody that I know that's good with that. So, Maria Elena Santos Kemp, another good friend of mine, told me that she was going out to Haunted Hill House for an event. Did I want to come? So what would you say, Martha, are some of the more notable experiences you've had at Haunted Hill House in Mineral Wells, Texas? Okay, well, I've had a lot. My first experience, I was kind of eye-rolling in my head, but I knew that Kathy and Sonny Estes were giving me the information that Phil Kirchhoff gave them. When I was there the first night, I was in, you know, in the scratch room. I watched Elisa get scratched. And I no, two dozen, two dozen. Hence the name Scratchery. Right, two dozen people at least. And out of those two dozen, I would say at least a dozen I watched the scratches for. We became closer and closer friends. I have stayed, I mean, nights at the house completely alone, overnight. I don't run out and scream. I don't sleep on the floor in the kitchen (laughs) under the table. I don't sleep on the porch out front. I don't go out to my car and sleep. I stay in the house or with others. There's been times when there's a group of us and I'll go sleep in the axe room and somebody will be poking me on the shoulder in the middle of the night going, can I sleep? (laughs) (laughs) And I go, go ahead, I don't care. (laughs) They're they're afraid, but I have, I've had, uh, when I've been in there alone, one of the nights, the piano in the living room woke me up about four in the morning. But it sounded like a kid when the kid just takes her hand and just bangs, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> you hear audibles. They get EVs. I hear hisses. I hear growls. Oh, I've been scratched. I've been bitten. I had one scratch and bite, and it happened at the same time. And then right after that happened, 
I had about an hour and a half of, uh, like, a time slip. I have no idea, but there's portals. And there's, there's more going on. This is not just a haunted house. There's a lot more stuff, and that's why they're trying to scientific research. That time slip, I, to me, there was none. You know, I mean, everybody left the room I was in, and I walked out, and Kathy said she kept going in that room trying to get me to come out and come in or in the kitchen with them. And I was just sitting there, like, staring at my phone. And she didn't realize what was going on either. She would have, you know, come and like, you know, hey. <laughs> so you were still physically present in the room. Right. And they saw you, but you were kind of spaced out and just. That's what they said. But, in, yeah. you know, when I went back, it's like. You don't remember no, it at all. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. No, but there are some, some places in the house where I, I will feel kind of a portal, the vortex kind of energy. And it moves around. So, And I have felt that in that house. When I was working on the book. I spent three days there. I was trying to go in, not to investigate, because that's all been done, but to spend three or four days there, like normal, like I live there. Just, just every be day. present with the yeah. house. Yes. Every day stuff, just to see what would happen. First day, then little noises, uh, residual that night during the day. Nothing, you know, big, nothing scary. It was very calm, very quiet. Sometimes when I go, it's like that. The kids get excited when I come that have EVPs that says, you know, Martha's here. Martha's coming. It's Martha. <laughs> and I've gone to leave before and turned around and waved and going out the back door. The uh, chandelier in the living room will blink several times. So that's kind of cool. But I'll sit down on children's books, old children's books. One night that I was there in the axe room, sound asleep, a hiss woke me up. A hiss or growl. Uh, probably more of a hiss because Toby's kiss is very... It's the same for everybody. It's almost like snakeish or lizardy kind of mm -hmm. sound, and, and it's always the same. Sometimes it's kind of tinny, but it's always the same, whether it's in person, really, or if you're picking it up on an SB7 or, or some other device like that, it's the same voice. So that would be the spirit box for our listeners out there who are familiar with the SB7. Yes. So that woke me up. That hiss woke me up. I ignored it. I just went, you know, I just, I didn't open my eyes. I heard it woke me up. I just went back to sleep. And so Toby, I guess, didn't get the reaction he wanted. And then the, another night I was there just as I got into bed. The second time, it's like a child, how they'll keep poking at you more and more, trying to get your attention. I had just closed my eyes, and I got a hiss right in my face where you could feel spittle if there was spittle. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if I opened my eyes, we literally would have been nose to nose. I just ignored it, didn't react, rolled over, went to sleep. <laughs> so, no reaction. So when I'm staying there all by myself for the several days and nights, I'm ready to go, get ready to get up. I heard loudest. Well, that one didn't sound like it came from all directions, but it was so loud that you would expect the neighbors to. I mean, it's like it shook the house, and it was like a combo of hiss, growl, scream. I mean, everything you can imagine all in one and it was really loud <laughs> it kind of startled me i can't imagine so i run to the to the uh door for the kitchen and i look upstairs and i just yell real loud like yeah i heard you and then i open the door in the living room and i go just in case he was you know it came from there and i go what i heard you know so what what do you want and then the adrenaline you know is really going pretty strong by then so I go to go out on the front porch to sit for a few minutes, let the adrenaline settle, and I was calling Kathy I was, as I was unlocking all the locks on the front door. 
and telling her, and as I went by, I triggered one of their security cameras as I went to the door. So I'm talking to her, and of course, Sonny gets notified immediately, and what he picked up before I even went outside was an EVP that said, look, Toby made her turn red. He's going to get her later. And that scared them. So they called Julian and her son Ryan, who lived like five minutes from there, and asked if they would come over to the house and stay. So they came over and stayed for a few hours. Drove Ryan nuts because I said, you cannot investigate. Go to sleep. I didn't want to change the atmosphere. And uh, and then they left, you know, and I'm sitting there by myself. I go, I noticed that Joshua's door upstairs into the back from this room is open. So I go up there, and as I go up there, I look into Toby's room, and I, I ask him, I said, Toby, was that you last night? And Sonny gets an immediate, yep, off the security <laughs> camera that's right there. So I go into Joshua's room, and I go and I close. I'm, I'm in my pajamas. So I go up there, air up, you know, just a big old mess. And uh, go up there, I shut the door to the back and kind of jump around and stuff, make sure, because that door can stay shut, for, and then all of a sudden it starts opening a lot. And of course, there's absolutely no breeze up there at all. So I shut it, and then I went downstairs. The door was open again. So I go back and I find it and watch it, and then I record it. I'm just looking at the door. I mean, the second I walk out of that room, that door opens right back up. But then I started looking at the background, like I usually do, paying attention to the background in the thing, and you see three shadows, big shadows, come in behind me into the room, and as I turn and walk out, they literally turn and follow me. And there's, I'm the only one in that. Mm-hmm. And there's no way you could have three shadows of yourself up there. It just doesn't, you know. I understand what you mean by it. It's very startling. The spirits actually interact with you. It is not just some paranormal phenomenon that you're catching. There's actual intention behind these spirits. So you talk about Toby, you talk about Joshua. You know, Joshua was a little boy that lived in the house. Explain the phenomenon that is Toby. Okay, there is a family that lived in the house 20 years or so. The grandfather had it, and then his daughter, of course, had the house. And then her daughter was there, and I interviewed her extensively for the book. And I've talked to her boyfriend several times. He lived in the house with her about two weeks. He couldn't take the activity. That piano that's in the living room used to be in her room. And she finally, she moved it out there because it kept going off. And every once in a while, you'll hear one of the keys go, ding, and, and startle people as they walk by. I have never heard the other. It's like the scream. Other people have heard that loud noise since then. Not very often, but it has happened. Joshua is the son of Sarah Elizabeth, but the story is, this was during the Prohibition times in, in the, when the house was a brothel. Sarah Elizabeth was a prostitute. Willie was the father of Joshua possibly the father of Jacob. I mean, he raped her, and Joshua was disfigured. He had to stay upstairs. One day came, came down. His dad, uncle, slash uncle, became incensed, went up there and, and literally beat him to death. He died upstairs um, behind one of the fireplaces. And his mom, Joshua's mom, Sarah Elizabeth, came to try to save her son. Well, instead, Willie shot her, Kevin, I ask you a question that seems a little off. Do you have chance to know if she was a large woman? I don't think so. The reason I ask is because of the experience that we had in the house, Joshua interacted with me, and it was it was like a twenty minute 
interaction that I had with this young man. He called me mommy a couple times. He does that to several people. But I wondered if maybe his mama was large or something. No. He no. saw that characteristic in, in me. We do have an EVP of one of the men saying, who's that fat lady? Talk, referring to me while I was sitting up on the bed. Because I, 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 like you, you just want to be in that house. You just want to be present with it. Right. You don't necessarily want to be investigating it all the time. You just want to let whatever happen happen. That's the point I, I've been at in like the book. It was going to be so large and there's so much research. It's simply the more you do, the more you find, the more you find, the more you find. And just mm-hmm. constant. And the decision was made to a three-part series. So the second one that comes out, and hopefully we'll be able to get it, at least get the information that we need research done this summer, is going on all we know of including the unsolved murder that's about 13. Martha, can you talk a little bit about the land that the house is on and East Mountain behind it and the lot next door? Okay. The lot next door used to have a house on it. The city decided to remove the house. They didn't just remove the house. They took at least a foot of topsoil. They took all the pipes and everything that was on that land. We don't know why. I've talked to Constable. I've talked to the mayor, and that was a drug house, and they know of at least five murders that occurred in that house. And there's probably more. There's also a basement, we think, that was associated with the house. It may still be there. Doing a lot of research. The land, there's something outside, and, and now it seems more and more that it's like maybe the shadow man. But it's different than the shadow man that we were talking about in the very beginning. Mm-hmm with the house and, and it's but it is something that's very ancient that's out there possibly native american because native americans were in that area but it's very ancient out there very ancient it's never human and so you have that going on in the house. there have been reports kathy and sonny have pictures of possible ufo activity at the house too and then east mountain is a whole other story and they own up to about 20 feet from the top, and they have those two lots. It uh, is said that Sam Bass, one of the places that Sam Bass is said to possibly have buried his, or hidden his uh, gold that he stole, is on East Mountain Cave there. Uh, they were on Beyond Oak Island this season uh, because they came to the house, and they went to uh, Springtown and several other towns around there where they said that um, Sam Bass was said to have hung up. Now, the first man that lived in the house, like first or second, because it was going through family, was actually a Texas Ranger. But we've also been able to tell that, that Sam Bass people with the house. And there's, if you go to Minner Wells, you'll see a sign that says welcome, and it's on a different mountain now. It actually was on East Mountain, and it said welcome, and it was behind their house. And we found the footings from where the sign actually was on their property. And there's a little handprint too that's in the, in the back on the concrete going into the back door, actually going into uh, Priscilla's room, the new room there. And that was done by a man who ended up in California and he was, you know, he was a relative, like cousins, aunt, uncles kind of thing. He was a very well-known movie producer. So that's where the idea for the Hollywood sign came from, the welcome sign behind Haunted Hill House. He went back, and that's how that came. But he also was murdered by his son, who claimed 
that he was a burglar and shot him in California. So the murders and, and families and stuff mm-hmm. continues. And I believe that was in the 80s when that happened. It almost oh. seems like this house draws that type of energy to it. To me, it, it sounds like it got such a rough start from the very get-go with having this ancient energy on the ground. And then throughout Prohibition and the the moonshine and the prostitution and... Oh, then, you know, the, then the wells. Because yes. two, I think two of the first wells in Mineral Wells are actually on the property. And also, it's a stone's throw away from the Baker Hotel. Yeah. yeah the Baker Hotel cool. is, yeah. is notoriously haunted. So it almost just seems like that entire area there. Well, and there's tunnels that are supposed to, supposed to be from the Baker to this house. And we have talked to people, or we, Kathy has talked to, and this will be further on in, in one of my books, to somebody whose father actually worked for the Baker and the city denies there's tunnels. And the Prohibition tunnels, there's thousands and thousands of miles of Prohibition tunnels right. across the United States. Right. So, so I would think it's more likely to have tunnels. Well, sure, because the Baker has a basement. Baker, Baker has a basement. Yes, absolutely. They think there's a basement in the Haunted Hill House, too. Mm-hmm. We're still working to try to locate that. There's kind of some ideas of where it might be. The, this um, individual, she and her brother played in the tunnels as children. And there is a photo that I'm trying to get, Kathy's trying to get, of them in cars in the tunnel. And and a lot of people, because a lot of the homeless used to go stay at the Baker, break in, and they would go down and they would be in the basement and in the tunnels, uh, living in those places. The thing that is really odd is that these were cars that were full of personal belongings. You know, who's or what, because there's talk about all kinds of stuff, and... In 80, I believe it was in 85, the cars were actually out and auctioned off by the city. And I think it's hard to find those records as well. But we've talked to somebody who was involved in the sale that worked for the interest. So, so we have that. We have the person who fell into one of the wells at the house and died, but he was pulled out. There's a story about a jewelry store theft that was in Denton that was running from law enforcement through East Mountain and fell in a crevice with some of the jewels and one of the boulders rolled over on him. So he's probably still... That's a no good, very bad, awful day. (laughs) The most recent is that we think on the side of the house where the pear tree is, where the driveway is. Mm -hmm. We believe that, and maybe even where the house is, was a cemetery. There was a guy that called himself a judge that came into town and... You know, back when the, the mineral water was discovered, there were bathhouses, there were brothels. You know, where they're at now, where the house is, was the red light district. And, you know, way to go to it with prominent people from the baker that went to the baker for the evil waters was the tunnels. And there's also stories about possible babies that may have been to some of the prostitutes actually being sold to prominent families that would come and stay at the baker. These are things that still are not, you know, we don't have any any actual information, you know, documentable in, information yet, but we have so many stories we've talked to some are from the town or were at the house or, you know, grew up there that there's so many things and that they're talking to Kathy or talking to me because they see that we're serious and trying to bring the history, the good and the bad, 
there was good. So when this judge came in, or he, he ordered all the wells to be sealed, and pretty much all the wells went dry. And when they went dry, there were all these crystals that were formed in the bottom of the wells. Well, those crystals were getting shipped all over the world for big bucks back in the early 90s. And there's one place that's on the backyard that you can see there's, you know, that's where one of the wells is where it's all sealed up. The other well is under the house. They believe they built the house over the well. And then they built built the house. Of course, the house, like I said, has been added on to many times. But we were in the scratcher, and we think one of the possibilities for that well, that for where where that space is, is under the scratcher, and, and it's got it's one of the many fake fire, fireplaces. Kathy and Donna were in the fireplace digging and pulling out stuff. But as they did that, there were about four of us in the scratcher. All of a sudden, the floor of the scratcher started getting pounded from under, like underneath us, like bam, bam, bam. Like, like if you were, you had an upstairs apartment and there'd be a noisy and you take a broom handle and bang it on the ceiling. Yeah. It was just like that and the floor was vibrating. Like, okay, this means, yeah, you found it or you better not come down here. Yes. We don't know which, which way it's, it is. It's difficult to know sometimes with that house what, uh, what the intention is behind it. So you plan to publish another one or two books? Two. There's two more. The one, the next one will be on the murders. There is going to be on Paraclet is a documentary. Hell prevails, and it goes into part of the history of Paraclet and watch for it. It's just an app that you're going to get through your Netflix service or your smart TV. Yeah, your smart TV. You can use it on your phone, stream it. It's on Roku, just, you know, Paraflex. Similar to Netflix or... Yeah, yeah, and it's all strictly um, paranormal, some UFOs, some scary stuff, a lot of uh, really well-done documentaries on there. Yes, it's got a little bit of everything. I've been real pleased with it. It's like three ninety nine a month. It's very inexpensive. I understand uh, in regard to Haunted Hill House that Toby is notorious for going home with people for a day or two, and then he always returns. He's done that with just, just a few few, and a few have had to bring whatever it was. It wasn't just Toby back to the house. Okay. You know, sometimes Kathy can talk over the phone with them and tell them to come back, and they'll actually come back to the house, but some people have had to return. I was there one night staying out because Kathy and Sonny stay in a camper mm-hmm. when they have people there because people will leave in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So I was there with them in the camper. And Sonny went the next morning to get some donuts to bring back to the people there. And he came back in laughing. He said they were all sleeping on the front porch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And quite honestly, that's no safer than the kitchen, right? No, yeah. it's not. And the kitchen is just as haunted as the rest of the house yes, is. Yes, yes. I remember sitting there in the kitchen looking at the CCTV about 6.30 in the morning. Something comes up to me and says, boop. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got it. We actually have it documented. But And you hear me say, what the hell? <laughs> well, then there was another time there was a team with a bunch of like big, really tough guys and macho, you know, ugh. And they thought Priscilla's room was a safe safe room. They were all sleeping in that room that night. And most of a bunch of, bunch of them were piled on the bed. A few were on the floor. It's <laughs> Looked like a frat party gone. And, and that room is not a safe room no. anymore. It, you, you know, because that had been the, the porch outside that was like three-sided. And they turned that into a room last year, put a bathroom in. And I can tell you when uh, Maria Santos Kemp, a few weeks ago, she stayed in that room. 
something kicked the bed hard. So she had that, and she had something bed up of the mattress lifted up too that night. And then I was in there the next night. Well, nothing happened to me. <laughs> but, you know, and they've seen somebody where the bed is, like walk into the house because there had been a door there maybe at one time. And the same thing with where the bathroom is. They, uh, I think Sonny and Ryan were in there once sitting on the edge of the bed, and they both saw like a uh, cowboy sitting on the toilet, you know? <laughs> And, and they've also seen them go into the bathroom and, and turn and go into the house. Things have, If you're on the property, it doesn't matter where you're in your car. It doesn't matter. Right. It's just the property in general. Yeah. And there's no safety in numbers. Uh, no. In fact, there was, gosh, several years ago, there was this one paranormal team. They stayed in one side of the living room, I think the side by the back door in the air conditioner. And they piled all these pillows and chairs up between, there's like, like a bigger parlor and a smaller one, piled those up where they could access the bathroom, but like that was going to protect them from anything in the house. They're not able to cross that, that pillow for it. <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> Do you feel like there is a portal at the Hill House or that these are just resident spirits? Oh, there's more than one portal. Okay. And you have your resident travelers. You have travelers that go. There's in time travelers or... Who knows? Just interdimensional travelers? Don't know. I mean, you know, don't know. Kevin asked them. Well, I mean, <laughs> you have to you have to be there and know they're there. But you yeah. know, but but I, but uh, one of my friends, David Roundtree, had a theory, and I have his data logger, which is Gamma, and several other things on Gamma Ray. Is that where you have activity anywhere in the world? We have paranormal activity. And his, his research had been for a long time on trying to define that it was a wormhole. But his theory is that, because there's natural EMF in the world, there's natural gamma in the world, but his theory is that as a portal, portal can stay open forever. It can open, close right back up, you know, as, you know, just right away or, and his theory is as the portal closes, it emits high gamma. And if you stop and think, about anybody's house you've gone to for an investigation that that just seems to be sometimes stuff just through the roof at the house. But when they moved into the house, everybody was absolutely perfectly healthy. And now, several years later, everybody is sick. They're all sick. Well, a lot of their symptoms are similar great gamma radiation. I never thought that getting into the paranormal, deep into the paranormal, that we would go into extreme fear and all of these quantum mechanics, yes, all that stuff. All of that stuff, but all of that is, or more and more people are talking that multiverses, I mean, just because even your mainstream is talking this way too, mainstream scientists. Well, quantum theory has always been taken very seriously. It's just been so difficult to be able to, like, quantify it or qualify it to actually document it but as our technology increases i think we're going to get closer and closer to finding some answers i i think we can definitely say that hill house has an unusual set of manifestation of energies whether it be from portals and wormholes and dimension a and dimension b and extreme emotional energy that's gone along with these murders and the illegal activities and the ancient energies on the ground 
it is definitely a place where that veil is oh so and I definitely give it a five star as far as paranormal experience goes. That's a five out of five, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a five out of five. And you know what's new now is, and I never climbed up, so I didn't realize how big. There, if you go into the carousel room, and that fake fire, fireplace would go up to upstairs, mm-hmm. and when they bought the house, they found bottles and things were in some. I thought they were just cubby holes on the side. No, those are so deep on each side of the fireplace, about midway up, you could stand up in there. But not only is it deep enough for some people to stand up, wide enough to put a, um, like a twin bed in. So they're talking about doing that. Okay, now that is a space between the floors. Wow. What would you recommend someone do to prepare themselves for this experience in this house? Say some prayers, draw the way there. When I go there, I know that God protects me. So prepare yourself. Some people have attachments to bring with them. I don't even know about. Uh, okay, for example, there's one video that, that was uh, seen on Paranormal Declassified. And you can find it all over. Yanked out of yes, <laughs> yes, in uh, uh, Jacob's room. Yes. She was yanked so fast that you can hardly see her. She's a blur. She and her boyfriend and their friends came in, and they were uh, purporting to be Satanist. She got yanked off the bed, like, you know, nobody, no, nobody that was in that room could have even yanked her that fast. If they, but, the, you know, but it's not, everything is fully within camera view. Mm-hmm. And then her boyfriend goes in there a little while later and is like, oh, you don't know, girl, well, what about me? And all this, uh, uh, tough. And he gets punched or shoved in the stomach so hard, it puts him up against the wall. This is something that the house is, is they aren't the only ones that have left. I think when they have actually, you know, it's like, oh, crap. Well, this stuff is real. Yeah, it's hard to deny at that house. I mean, I remember sitting in the bedroom in the quiet both nights that we stayed, and you can hear the whispers going on in the house. You, you can't hear what they're saying, you but if it's quiet, you can hear them whispering. If you're, and if you're in the X room, sleep closest, you will hear people up and down the stairs all night long. Yes. You'll hear boots, you hear people walking back and forth, mm-hmm. and you'll hear people like over in the living room area, the hall mm-hmm. in the living room. You hear that stuff. Yeah. All night. Yeah. That's where I, I, I stayed yeah. the first night. We were there. That's where I, I hold up. That's where Joshua came down and spoke to me. Right. There were five or six of us all women, and for some reason, we were in the kitchen, and was usually in the kitchen. And you could sing something like all around the mulberry bush or some of those. Mm-hmm. And the door downstairs to the shadow man room, because there's two doors, the whole little hallway was opening. So we were all in that room and we then she, uh, Kathy felt like it was Joshua because she would do things like he likes little red trucks. She had a little red truck she would put down there that you could pull back and it would roll and the door would open. So we're trying different nursery rhymes and different kid things. Then all of a sudden, because there's a couch right by that door, Kathy was stand, sitting on the edge of the couch, and we were sitting all around with different things, and we go to Duck, Duck, Go. And we'd go, Duck, Duck, Go, and Kathy would get up, and she would run around the coffee table. The door would open. And then we'd say, you know, she, oh, you got me. You know, if you want to play it again, go close the door. We close. We did this about six times. And every time the Duck, Duck, Go, the door would open. We'd say, you want to play again, the door would close. You know, and then it got a little weaker, a little weaker, but, you know, but about six times. 
that just goes to show how strong those energies are. That they can be that consistent for six closures and that they can make audible sounds. That's a lot of energy. You know, and then sometimes you can go and it's just really calm. There's nothing there. But if you listen, you can hear the you can hear all the residual stuff because that's always going. It doesn't matter day or night. There's always something in that house, except like about one o'clock, two o'clock to about four or so. It kind of it's like they go take a nap <laughs> <laughs> and they go get recharged, and then it'll start back up in the morning. Yeah, yes. yeah. We started talking Describe about that. this phenomenon that is yeah. yeah, and then we got sidetracked. So the people that were the allegedly the Satanists that were there, one girl teenager and her friend were upstairs in one of the rooms playing with a and they claim to have summoned Toby. Toby is the name they gave to whatever Toby is. That's the name they gave Toby. Yeah, I just want to clarify for my own benefit. Was this a group that came into the house after people it's, that lived in the those home? Those are the people that lived in the home okay. for like 20 years. That's okay, what I said. That, ones that's that what I... Alleged, you know, occult practices. They'll get up to the driveway or they get up. No one even get out of the car. It is eerie getting out of the car there. I know that there is a video somewhere, probably on the Facebook page, social media, where they're they're using the SLS camera, the Connect camera, two figures <laughs> that one yeah. that kind of meet, and then before you know it, one figure is doing this, the other figure is reciprocating. Wow, Martha, I want to thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing your stories with us. If you would like to pick up a copy of Martha's book, but certainly enough to know that this is a very, very place to be. You will be able to find the link to her book and all of that uh, great content so you can learn more about the Haunted Hill House in our show notes page. Of course, we also have a place where you can send in your stories, your comments, your suggestions, on this podcast or any future podcasts you'd like to know about or any previous podcasts that curious about may have questions or share some personal stories with. You can find a link to that on our show notes page as well. We want to thank you for listening. Martha, I want to thank you for your time. I would like to read from the text of A Fault in Our Stars. I believe in the souls of man and I believe in the conservation of those souls. Give some love by subscribing to our podcast to make sure you get your weekly paranormal fix. We are delighted that you have joined us today. There's plenty more stories and interviews to come. Remember, it is all good.